gentlemen, boys and girls, what is going on? What is going on? It has been a minute, y'all. It has been a real good minute. You know, your boy always kind of trying to keep things going for y'all. I hope y'all been doing well. You know what I'm saying? We're getting ready to transition seasons. You know what I mean? It's getting ready to be a nice fall season. You know what I mean? And I, and I just got to say that it's been great, you know, still enjoying this Georgia weather where it's transitioning, you know, not too hot, not too cold, right in between. But I'm so glad to be back right here on the Life's a Botch podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. This is your boy, your favorite prince of botch, you know what I mean? Your boy, Dwayne, I'm in the building. Some of y'all know me as the highlight reel as well, but nonetheless, welcome back, man. And you know what? As always, I got to bring y'all some guests, man. Y'all already know we got guests on top of guests on top of guests. And that's usually why y'all like to join me, because y'all know I'm going to bring somebody special for y'all. Well, today is definitely a very special episode, because with me... I have a man who a lot of times really needs no introduction. I mean, this man has been labeled. He is, he's been the leader of the new breed. This man has literally been your favorite resident neighborhood pope. I mean, this man has literally got all the swag, all, and he's got a smile, a million dollar smile that'll just, you know, take you all the way, all the way across the room. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this man is a man of many, many, many things, and he's also talented in so many, many ways. And I also found out he is also quite the gamer that, uh, well, he actually uh, beat Kofi Kingston in Madden, and Kofi actually kind of got his first uh, dub, I see. But, uh, you know, hey, nonetheless, this man right here is a very awesome, awesome individual. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you guys to the one, the only, Elijah the Pope Berg. What's going on, sir? How you doing? What it do, what it do. It's just an honor to be right here, right now, joining you, man, for this epic episode of your podcast. I'm just thrilled to be here, and I'm glad you put that out there. Yeah, Pope is a Pope of many things, and the one <laughs> thing Pope is not, that's a continual loser in Madden, like your boy <laughs> Kofi has been to your Pope for the past 10 years. But yeah, yeah, he finally got him one. He finally got him one. I see, man. I was actually just watching that, and I was, I was, it was funny. It was fitting to watch that because it's football Sunday, and I mean, it was just like, Literally, after seeing so much action today, to see that action, that was better than any game I was witnessing. Just to see, you know, some of the guys and girls cheerleading in the background, seeing yeah. AJ Styles apparently rooting against you because well, you that's beat him. There you go. And, and, <laughs> and, and I got to put that out there as I did uh, during that time. That was my first Number one, I'm not a PS guy, okay? I'm not a PlayStation guy. I'm an Xbox guy. And that that might not be popular, but that's just the facts, okay? Pope (laughs) is an Xbox guy. And um, that was my first time playing that new Madden. So uh, that's why I was getting a little tutorship before it started. They were kind of telling me how things work. And um, it was a good game, man. It was fun. I I give it to him. He finally got a victory over me, and he didn't have to break anything in the process. (laughs) Yes, you know, we've heard all so much about Kofi and and just how he can be a great winner and a great loser all at the same time. Like, he just, (laughs) it's like, no matter what happens, if he wins, he's going to rub it in. If he loses, he's going to have excuses for why he lost. Yeah, not just excuses. He's going to let you know that he lost. So, by great you mean sore then i'm with you on that <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i feel you on the xbox thing i mean 
I've always kind of been more of an Xbox person myself. I do like the PlayStation, but I don't know. Genuinely, I always seem to game more on my Xbox more than anything. So I, I relate to you, sir. Uh, I mean, there are a new generation of systems coming. Uh, so I take it. Are, are, you, are you keeping your eyes and ears peeled um, on that new Xbox getting ready to make its debut? Or you think you might make that little slight transition to the PlayStation 5? What you thinking? But uh, no, I, I'm post not thinking anything when it comes to the gaming world. I mean, I'm I'm I, I've had too many games as it is, and I never get a chance to play them. I literally give them away and, you know, pass them down. I got probably 30 unopened, you know, games that are still down, you know, in my man cave, and never get to that stuff. So I'm not looking at anything. I got I got a PS3 unopened right now that's just uh. sitting. With wow. the two games, you know, the old bundle. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get stuff because uh, I'm a sucker for deals. Yeah. So, so if I see something uh, and I think it's a great deal, I get it whether I'm for it or not. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm mainly a Madden guy. You know, yeah. that's pretty much all I care to play when I am, uh, uh, you know, in front of my, my Xbox and got time to get down and it's Madden. Oh, yes, yes. And I mean, they, they definitely continually make great Maddens and great games. But, you know, now that we've uh, kind of classified that, of course, I saw that you picked the home team. So we definitely know that you're rocking with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You Got know, uh, and, and I mean, it's kind of bittersweet for me to say that, you know, I'm I'm from Tennessee. So I'm a Tennessee Titan fan at heart. You know, we did catch a nice dub today. That was a very close one. Uh, but I see that the Jacksonville Jaguars have kind of been in a bit of a rebuild. So you guys are kind of like, reconstructing currently as Jacksonville I see, but... Jaguars have, have been under a rebuild for the past decade. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, and then you look over there at Nick Foles and in Chicago, oh. they're three and no, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's never necessarily, uh, sometimes it is, you know, Blake was here and there as the, as the quarterback, but I really dug Blake. I, I dug how he handled himself amidst all of the uh, criticism and whatnot. Nick Fole come in, we bring a Super Bowl MVP. He gets hurt, he goes down, and then Minshew shines, and they get rid of this MVP quarterback who they could have still kept for his leadership abilities and capabilities alone. And um, he goes over to um, he goes over to. Chicago and, 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 you know, he's not perfect and, you know, he gets an interception, but, yeah. the, but it's the leadership ability, you know? So you build a line, you build a line an offensive line around, you know, a good quarterback, then you got something. And, and I'm not talking about very good. I'm not talking about excellent. I'm not talking about Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, just good. If they got a, if they got a good offensive line then you have a great chance of succeeding as long as your defense is, is stable, you know? Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. And and that's why uh, I, I do feel for you guys a lot of times with, like you said, how it's just been, uh, you picked up Fournette a couple of years ago and then to see He's him gone. just be in there with Tampa Bay, you know, yeah. like with Tom Brady and this super squad they're building out there, like it, it's, it's crazy, you know, because you're just like, man, not that long ago, you guys were just in the AFC championship, Jalen Ramsey getting shipped off to LA and just, all kind of stuff, man. So I, I Ramsey's in LA. Yeah. Uh, is in LA. Yeah. Another man. one, another one of our guys. Who was the other guy that left and went to LA? Uh, uh, uh was it? Oh man, I you're right, because a lot of guys were going over to LA for some yeah, reason. Yeah, we we, we got a 
Well, it was just it was just the uh, it was just the trade, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just the trade. They 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 took him, you know, and 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 they got him for for a good deal. Yes, yes. It's and I, man, I tell you, it, as a fan, you know, I definitely, uh, especially when you're rooting for the home team like that, it's it's tough, you know, when you when Dante you, Fowler. That's Fowler. It. Yes, it was Dante oh, Fowler man. Jr. He's in L.A. So like three Jags are in L.A. And um, you know, it, it it is what it is. This team has been through some craziness, and again, they're down uh, in, in the trenches, trying to rebuild yet again, and they get rid of all of their key players in the process. And it's like, man, I will always argue with some of my um, fellow Jaguar fans who will say, "Oh, we're in the rebuilding process, this, that, yeah. and the other." It's like, bro, we gotta win now. Screw the, yeah. get some players yeah. that you know. I, I remember when Peyton Manning first uh, left Indy, and I'm saying. Jags need to grab him. Jags need to try to get this guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Could you imagine what this guy would bring? You just build a defense around him, and yeah. the defense that we had was awesome, and then get a good offensive line to protect him and, you know, coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's who, by the way, just for a little footnote, that's who I would always use to beat Kobe. <laughs> that's who I would use. You know, I, I, I ain't doing no quarterback scrambling with no Peyton Manning, you yeah, know. No. It's just getting to the line, all of it, uh, call audibles in and out, and um, never let them know what I'm doing, man, and I would kill them with Peyton Manning. <laughs> AJ, uh, yes. Brian Hebner. Who, yes. who hates to play me in that? This guy turned so red, you think he was lying on the beach for a couple hours trying to get get a tan. Oh, you know, man. I whoop him so bad. The things that I know he's calling me in his head is, you know, <laughs> nonetheless. But yeah, Peyton oh. Manning, whom I consider to be the greatest QB of all time, that's who I would use to take care of those guys. Oh man, I love it, and I'm right there with you. I mean, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit sometimes. Uh, me and my cousin were talking about that because he's a Colts fan, and we talk about that all the time. Like, man, everybody's just like, hey, he's retired now, and they just want to phase him out so easily. I'm like, oh, no, you got to give Peyton his due. He, in our division, that guy was killing us every single time. Yeah. Man. I, you know I can relate as well. I've and I wasn't a, I was not a Peyton Manning fan. I hated Peyton Manning when he was whooping up on us. Yeah, yeah, I hated too. him. You know, but when 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 he went to Denver, and I loved the Denver uh, Broncos as a kid. I was a Denver and John Elway, you know, fan. And um, when he went over there, it was like a match made in heaven. And and much like LeBron going to the Lakers, I instantly became, you know, a, a Lakers fan. I became a a Denver Broncos fan again. And when Manning was done, all I got left is the Jags. I got to support the home team. Never stopped supporting the home team, but I want, much like they need to win now, I wanted a team that I could support and win. And um, if, if Manning had a, not been injured and stuck around, um, I, he, he'd, he'd still be going right now, too, in my opinion. And um, he'd probably have gotten him another Super Bowl ring. I was hoping they did a farewell tour following Super Bowl 50 and let them play that final year out because with the with, with what they had and, you know, Demarius Thomas and, and you know, that defensive line they had and C.J. Anderson in the in the back. It's like, man, man. I thought they could have repeated. I thought they could have went back to back. Yeah, I agree. It would have it been something to see. But I guess, you know, as they say, when you ride off in the sunset the way you do, you couldn't write it any more perfect, you know. So 
I, I agree with you, man. Um, so I mean, let's 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 transition and let you know we could talk sports all day, every day, you know, and it's great to talk that. But I want to get to the meat of what our listeners definitely want to know, and that's that's you, good sir, you, Mr. Pope, because you are such a veteran in this game, man. You've been around for years, man, just putting in work, uh, doing it all, man. I mean, from in the ring you know, commentating, you know, managing, being a vocal voice, you know, I mean, just so much that you have done, man. And uh, let's, let's just talk about you and let's go to the basics, you know, to those who may not know about you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, And if not, I don't know why they need to do their research a little bit, but, you know, let's talk about your, your come up and, and what brought you to the world of professional wrestling. Well, I think it's no secret. Everybody knows Pope's love for wrestling, um, you know, with the NWA and, you know, being a boy, um, little black boy in Jacksonville, Florida, growing up, you know, um, it was it was NWA. You know, that's that's what we got. That's what we always were able to see and um, world class championship wrestling as well. So. Here we are. We're watching the good stuff, as I like to refer to it. We were watching <laughs> that real wrestling, not yes. that cartoon stuff that will come on on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you know, I did. I mean, who the what the hell is a Saba Simba? You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't have time to watch. And for those of you who don't know what that is, go pull up Saba Simba on your YouTube. Oh. That's Tony Atlas coming out looking like the Lion King. You know, <laughs> so we were watching the wrestling. We love to watch what was considered. I grew up fighting, man. I grew up fighting and, and watching NWA, watch a world class, the Freebirds and the Von Erics, you know, great Kabuki, all of those guys that were there. Coco Beware's PYT, the Pretty Young Things. Yeah. Um, you know, just so so many people were there. A uh, uh, one man gang, and and I can go on. Even Andre uh, was there. Yeah. I can go on and on and, and listen. But you know, NWA specifically, you got the Horsemen, you got Dusty, you got Magnum, you got Nikita, you got the Rock and Roll, you got the Midnight, yeah. you got Big Bubba. You know, <laughs> you got you. I mean, you got all of these legendary. You know, Bear One, the Ronnie Garvin. So when these guys were out there, you felt like you were watching a contest, you know, uh, but that was being held between fighters. It made you feel like you were witnessing something that was legit. So we would, you know, as a fan of wrestling and as a kid, uh, you know, those were things that I could show people to my defense of being a wrestling fan to say, you see this? That's real. Deny that. Deny that. You know, and I and I, I won't go into my spiel about today's product, but when I was watching that, I'll show them a Dusty Rose getting spiked in the eye and and, and blood running down. You know, I'll, I'll show them that Nikita Koloff rushing sickle or something. How is that fake? Prove it. You yes. know, and so. That's what got your boy into it, specifically the American Dream, Dusty Rose, man. The way he was able to control the the emotions of the audience, the way he was able to convey his message to the people, and um, through television and 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 talking directly to you, making you feel like you were important. And I always told people we didn't have that black 
athlete to to hold up and to cherish and to revere at the time. You know, we didn't have those. Yeah, uh, uh, we 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 had a big cat that came through. You know, uh, but Ernie Ladd, for those of you who don't know, legend. But we never had that one guy, that star guy. And for us, Dusty Rocky King was an NWA, but he was. He was just Rocky King, bless his heart. But we had Dusty, and Dusty was the closest thing to a black champion that we had at the time. So Dusty became my end-all, be-all when it came to professional wrestling. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it, man. And those are such great inspirations to have that gets you into the business. I mean, even though that has been before my time to go back and like to see these things uh, over the years, like especially with the beauty of like the network, you know, the WWE network where it lets you go back in time like that to to see stuff that you probably didn't see uh, growing up at that time is is just like you're right, you know, a guy like Dusty with those type of promos and making you feel and believe it, it's so tough and and that's why I I, I love promo action, you know, just being able to go out there and, and cut promos to people and let them know like hey. You know, which, which again, stuff like what you do so well, you can see that definitely in how you talk, how you present yourself. Like, you have that showtime feel to you, and you can tell guys like Dusty have literally put that influence over you over the years to be able to just come out there with such charisma like you do. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. Like, was that natural for you, like, coming up into that? Like, as you started learning about the business, was it natural with that promo ability or, or how did it come about to you? Well, when it comes to promos, when it comes to talking in front of people, when it comes to being comfortable in your delivery of whatever it is you're trying to convey, that has to come from within. Either you have it or you don't. Either you have it or you don't. Um, some people can be taught to cut promos, but they can't be taught to emotionally deliver it to a way that will cause someone listening to become emotionally invested. And that's the whole point of that delivery. You know, uh, charisma is not taught. That is something that you have or you don't have. Um, being, you know, being raised up in church, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Being raised up in church, uh, I, certainly that is uh, a, a, a given for me being that I always had to be up in front of people anyway. So <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. Um, being able to tell my story, being able to deliver and, 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 and conveying it, that is what initially got me signed to the WWE. When I can stand in the center of a ring and I'm not even under WWE developmental in Ohio Valley Wrestling, and you are able to move a Stephanie McMahon to tears, a, a Tommy Dreamer to tears, a Johnny Ace to tears, a Dean Malenko to tears. If you're able to do that, then <laughs> then, 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 then you got something. And, and I, I would assume something special because immediately after, it was only a week and a half to two weeks later that I got my contract. Oh, man. And and I, I love to hear those those stories because I actually, you know, remember when I first saw you on the screen. And I remember when you 
you popped up, you know, and 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 you were used kind of like, I mean, you you wrestled, but like like you started off kind of like a mouthpiece in a way where it was like Sylvester Turkey, you know, like would come in and he was this big, mean, rough guy, you know, physical with everybody, you know, and, and just beating up a bunch of people in the ring. And then I see you right there, like in a coach mindset, but you're like literally on that mic, and and it just showed it was like, okay, this guy, this guy has something here. And then before you know it, you just like literally started blossoming on your own which led to so much which we'll get into but i mean what was what was that experience like so got us through like you got your contract and what did that accomplishment just alone feel like to you personally when you got that well it was a dream come true obviously um that's something that i never imagined to be honest with you um it was something that once i sought my eyes and my goal upon um, you know, making making it happen, then certainly I I had enough faith and belief in myself that I would get it. That was the reason that I went up. That's the reason I left law enforcement after five years. You know, being one of the youngest officers there. You know, getting paid, got the city taking care of me, this, that, and the other. You know, so uh, I gave that up to pursue uh, a dream. And and I always tell people goals are every day. You know. But dreams, um, that is something that you don't get to come by. So I accomplished all my goals. You know, now I wanted to go out and conquer my dream, and I was able to do that. And I encourage everybody to uh, go out and, 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 you know, accomplish your goals. But if there's a dream that you've always had, then, then, then work towards it and conquer that doggone thing because that's, that's what I did. It was a great uh, thing to, 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 to accomplish and, and, you know, 17 years later to still be, you know, living that dream. I, you know, I'm blessed. Uh, I'm yeah. grateful for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and I agree, uh, great words, uh, of inspiration. And, and, and I definitely, uh, to my listeners out there, I mean, this is, this is why I do what I do. And, you know, I can attest to what Mr. Burke is saying, because I literally never would have thought that, to be able to interview people like yourself, uh, who I, I grew up watching, you know, to be able to have this conversation with you is, is still just like so amazing. You know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to, you know, like you said, just follow after your dreams, you know, because uh, to have a personality in media or, you know, to be able to just talk and, and, and introduce people in a way where they're like, I've never had this before. Like, that's cool. Uh, it just goes to show, sir, that you, you are definitely speaking truth and uh, I, I hope everybody out there listening continues to just be inspired, whether, you know, you aspire to be a wrestler, you aspire to be a commentator or, you know, just anything, anything in life, uh, continue to just push and work hard at your dreams. And uh, so with with you, good sir, uh, we saw your, you know, eventual rise, you know, again, like uh, as you had your contract and you were literally walking your way through the WWE, let's talk about. Uh, the new breed and how, you know, with the ECW rebrand, you, you, you emerged as like one of the main faces behind the new ECW and, and being able to be like the leader and being endorsed by Mr. McMahon like that as, as the face of ECW like that. How did that feel getting those type of endorsements like that? Like as you were just rising, becoming a rising star like that? 
It was crazy. Uh, obviously, I was brought on as uh, the mouthpiece for Sylvester Turkai, which I just absolutely loved, and I dug. Uh, if I'm going to get paid the same amount of money to stand on the outside of the ring, yeah. then why the hell I don't want to stand outside the ring? I'm fine. My wrestling time will come. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Turkai was on a specific mission. They had him there for a specific purpose. That's because he was big. He was legit. He had an MMA background, and there's one guy in the WWE WWE at the time that specifically dug the MMA style, and that was The Undertaker. So Turkai and I were sought to be on a collision path with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Things did not pan out that way because, again, Turkai was legit and he had a hard time pulling some stuff back in a stage uh, world of professional wrestling and um you know you some of the people just was like hey man you know we can't take this anymore so um that is how i got my foot in the ring um and they decided to go with me and so when vince uh and, and you know they did the whole ecw and the new face of ec and all of that i'm like what the hell i had no idea you know uh as thought out and 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 well-planned in advance that they usually are that you know about i didn't find that out until the day of i actually had to i believe we were in texas mm-hmm. i believe and i had to go to to a mall and, and find that find my suit right then and there because like what <laughs> wow yeah so that that was on the fly that was that was decided that very day they came out of the meeting i guess and um i wasn't spent about two two hours uh, at a doggone mall, putting that whole suit together. One place <laughs> I went and got the shoes. One place I went, and I still have that suit hung up right now. I think I've only wore it once, one time. Wow. Oh, man. Talk about a nice just display of, like, oh, I'll never forget this day and this suit. Like, yeah. man, you got you to gotta keep hold on to stuff like that. That's definitely, like, a, a, a moment in time just to always be like, yes, this was that very suit. And oh man, I love that you still have that. That is that just makes the story that much more epic. Uh, so yeah. I mean, you know, as at how you know going into you know this new ECW, there was a there was a, a documentary that the WWE Network had uh, referring to that ECW and how it evolved to what it became at that time because how it at first started where they were trying to bring back the original brand and then how it didn't really pan out the way that it was intended. So instead, eventually, they just kind of treated it as a third brand to that of SmackDown and Raw. And it kind of became like a hub for rising stars like yourself and so many more, you know, a Kevin Thorne and, and so many different people who were coming in, like Sheamus and all of those guys and Kofi who were starting to, you know, Santino and, and so many people who were coming in, even a Kelly Kelly uh, and it just became like a like a this is our up and coming generation that are that you guys are gonna see as future stars. Uh, how did that feel for you being a part of that crop uh, to just grow and, and and mold into the the superstar that you grew to be? It, was, it didn't really matter to me. I mean, whether I was on SmackDown, Raw, or ECW, you know, I was growing. Uh, I was being able to uh, do what I love to do and apply my trades. So it wasn't anything really special. Uh, per se, but you know when that, because when that happened and it became as you're describing, um, ECW was all but done. I mean, when it when it was revived, there was a great opportunity for it to be something special. Uh, 
but when you know taking the turn that it took and being under the WWE umbrella obviously it was a very different ECW and so therefore it did not have the ability uh, to to become what it could have become so I don't think the experiment was a failed uh, you know the brand itself was a failed um, idea uh, the ideas behind the brand <laughs> is what failed and, um, and made it what it was so and I, and I thank you if uh, if I if, if I definitely misinterpreted that the way it came. Thank you for definitely helping me keep that on track because that's definitely what I wanted to say. Because you guys definitely, you can tell. I mean, there was a fire there with with uh, and I and I was a fan uh, of of that new ECW brand because I, I tuned in on a regular watching you guys. You know, you know, even though it was like literally just an hour, it was always just so fun to watch because I loved wrestling. So. It was always, you know, Mondays, you know, Raw, you know, and then definitely uh, at that time, I think SmackDown was on Fridays, I think. I know it was always changing days on me, but just to still see, you know, the ECW on Wednesdays and, and to watch you guys come out and uh, and then to, you know, see you again, just shining, working with guys like a CM Punk, uh, working with Rob Van Dam and just so many different, you know, a mixture of like veterans, a mixture of like up and comers who were up and comers like yourself and literally on a rise and uh it was just so great to experience uh so let's let's talk about that wrestlemania buildup that you had you know being the leader of the new breed and and going against the ecw originals you know and just that epic battle you guys had at wrestlemania like what was that like uh touching a wrestlemania stage and you know just seeing like how big time wrestlemania gets that feel for every time it comes around the epic battle did not take place at WrestleMania. The epic battle would take place after WrestleMania, that Tuesday's edition oh. of ECW, which follows. So that would be the epic match. WrestleMania was the special match because it was WrestleMania, but our favorite match, and when I say ours, I'm talking about all of us involved, including myself, was okay. the match that we had that following Tuesday on ECW oh. because we were able to get the match that we were supposed to do at WrestleMania and we had the time to do it. WrestleMania, things got changed, times got pushed down, you know, for one reason or another. So we were not able to have the match at WrestleMania that we were supposed to have, but it was WrestleMania nonetheless. And at the time I had come out and wrestled in front of the second largest crowd in mania history at the time um you know so it was something you know eighty-seven thousand at fort field you know so it was something unbelievable to walk out there this young guy you know to, to just a year and a half up there and here i am uh you know in wrestlemania it's like crazy to think that you know dreams you know dreams do come true and um all of us were very excited about that moment meaning the guys that were in that match uh the dreamers and everybody who had not had a wrestlemania before so you know those guys had waited all their life their career to get to wrestlemania and here i am you know i felt like you know uh i just couldn't take that moment for granted it's like man you know um uh, I'm just very fortunate and I was very grateful to even be there with them and, and to provide the entertainment and, and that mass, that sea of fans. There's a moment, there's a moment 
if you guys uh, watch that match, you'll see me standing on the apron while the action is going on. And I'm looking back into the sea of people and I'm just taking that moment in. I'm just, I'm not even paying attention to what's going on in the ring. I'm just like, wow, look at this. I just want to take that moment in because you can't take those opportunities. You know, you can't take it for granted, man. Cause you know, it, it is what it is. It's WrestleMania and there's no guarantee that you'll get there. And if you are there, there's no guarantee you'll be there again. Yes. Yes. And that's, and that's so true because we've seen, um, so many people over the years, you know, the veterans who've, you know, been at 12 WrestleManias, 10 WrestleManias, and some who've been just at one or two or three, and everyone is uh, special, like you said. I mean, just to take in, regardless of how many you've been a part of, just to be a part of something, a spectacle like that is just, uh, you know, jaw-dropping. And so I definitely, and then, of course, I believe you guys caught the dub in that match as well, so you know it's always. No, cool we didn't get that. dub. That was a that was an originals um, on. Oh, we, we, you, so you guys got the dub on the on the TV. On the two, there you go. We ah, got the okay. TV. So the originals got the dub at WrestleMania, rightfully so, yeah. um, and we would get it that following Tuesday, you know, in that extreme rules match. And, and, and that is, you know, that's, that was probably the closest Mm -hmm. to ECW, the original ECW, that matchup on that, that was probably the closest atmosphere to the original ECW, that matchup. Wow. And And you're you're talking to somebody that was a, you know, a huge fan of ECW, you know, again, not as much as NWA, obviously, but I certainly was a fan. It was, it was outlaw wrestling. You know, it's, 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 it was as outlaw as half of the crap that we see today that you go, <laughs> what in the hell? You know, you know, EC, ECW was doing stuff then that made you go, whoa, you know, this isn't wrestling. Just like, you know, when you see a guy stand across the ring and hold his hand up like Darth Vader and choke slam somebody <laughs> yeah. without even touching him. It makes yeah. you go, what? Whoa, this isn't wrestling. And so <laughs> that's called outlaw, man. And that's what uh, ECW was. It was different. It was hard. It was brash. It was, it was just out there, you know. And um, the things that were being done, things that were being said, you know. Here, here's a little tidbit for you, Tommy Dreamer. Okay, I'm a American Dream, Dusty Rose, Ric Flair. You guys know their influence on me. But when it came to ECW, Dreamer was my guy. You know, when it came to ECW, he was my favorite uh, character in ECW. And my, and then Dreamer was the guy that hired me. He was over developmental at that time. So he was the guy that ended up hiring me. So Dream, um, Dreamer has a, 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 a close place, you know, to my heart, much like, you know, my mother favorites. He was definitely top. So to be able to work with him and beat him up several times on, on ECW television, I worked with every original, Dreamer, Sandman, uh, Rod Van Dam, Sabu, and um, good old balls in Mahoney. I, I had a chance. You know, I was beating them all up. So that's pretty cool, man. Yes, yes, absolutely, man. And so again, I mean, that just goes to show. I mean, definitely learn something new. And, and a veteran like Dreamer, man, it's just you can tell he leaves his influence on like everyone around him, man. And I actually had the pleasure of uh, seeing him live uh, just before Corona kind of took over the world a little bit. I uh, my live last live wrestling event that I got to experience was uh, Impact Wrestling, and they had the A-Town beatdown, and I got to see where they were kind of doing, like, they did Impact, and then after, they kind of did, like, a 
TNA throwback kind of show. And Tommy Dreamer came out, and him and Raven got to renew their rivalry. And I actually got awarded the very kendo stick that uh, I think Raven used on Dreamer when he, uh, you know, kind of turned on Dreamer after helping him out. So uh, I keep that as a nice souvenir, and I'm hoping that when things do get back to a normal, I get to see Dreamer again. I would love to have him, you know, kind of autograph that. So it's it's great to hear stuff like that, man, just to see that veteranship just showing itself. And uh, so with with you, sir, let's let's talk. You know, speaking of impact, now you you transitioned. Let's let's. How did that go about? Like, got us to how you found yourself in impact wrestling and how the Pope became a figure and 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 the iconic figure that it is like what what came about with that well um obviously when you're in one promotion there's another promotion going on um where everyone's aware of it you'll always hear somebody say or hear one from the company say we don't pay any attention to them we're doing our own thing well that's the biggest bold-faced lie that could ever be told you know um we, i remember we were getting ready to go overseas after wrestlemania doing that Impact TNA pay-per-view rather not impact but TNA at the time their pay-per-view I can't remember what it was, but the roof caught on fire You know all of us were in a hotel in New York, you know some of the boys and we're all together watching it <laughs> You know um, because that's what we do. We watch one another we support one another, you know And so we're watching it and then they have to you know, holy crap They got to enter, you know, they got to exit everybody uh, Out of the impact zone because it caught on fire from the fireworks. So um, that, that we're watching and they're watching and everybody's watching one another. So when that, um, when my time was up at uh, WWE, I remember I was, you know, I had an ankle sprain or something and I was working through it and I, I was on the sideline, maybe not, not long, but it just gave me time to recover before um, my time was up in WWE. Uh, I was on an elevator. I can't remember where I was. I think I was at a convention or something and me and Jeff Jarrett was on the elevator together. And he said, you ready to go? I said, yeah, of course I am. You know, and and, and the rest is history. You know, it brought me there. And uh, I wrestled Sean Spears uh, before Impact started. And everything was like, hey, man, we, we ready to start you. You know, we, we got you down. We ready to start you. And um, before you even ask, I guess I'll go ahead and just go right into it so you don't ask. <laughs> um, so I, I, get, I, I do the match. Jim Cornette comes. He's like, what are they going to do with you? They're going to have your face. They're going to have your heel. What are they going to do? Because I don't know anymore. So I'm <laughs> like, well, I don't know. They had me out there as a heel. You know, and obviously when you come from WWE, it's always, certainly with TNA at the time, they want to capitalize off of your WWE fame. So they were going to have me go out as Elijah Burke. And um, I was walking back to the dressing room. Vince Russo was walking. I say, Vince, hold on. So let me holler at you for a second. He's like, yeah, what's up? I said, um, Vince, I got this this little promo I want you to see real quick. Okay, it's just a little it's four minutes long. It's it's it's, it's me, uh it's my Pope character. I want you to check it out. I had all I was already working on Pope. I had already planned stuff to be Pope even before we were going to do it in WWE. Thing is, WWE wanted to do it their way. You know, they want to make me a televangelist. They wanna, you know, put up put on the little earpieces. On, you know, on with the little microphone and start talking about hellfire and brimstone. I'm like, this is not, this is not what the character is. This is not what it has nothing to do with religion. You know, Pope is just 
the only thing that you can tie in to religion is the name Pope if you want to go there. But that's it. I don't want to make this about religion. If somebody want to hear about Hellfire Brimstone, they'll go to church, not dog on a wrestling event. <laughs> and um, my first feud was supposed to be at Kane, by the way, oh. um, as, as the Pope. You know, we're yeah. going to do the Pope Mobile and everything and, you know, <laughs> have it set on fire and me inside of it and all that. So that's a little tidbit for you. Uh, but when I showed Vince Russo, I, he he went in. He's like, sure, I'll take a look at it. He could have went in and been like, came back out. No, you know, it's okay. It's good. I like it. But let's do Elijah Burke. But he actually went in. He said, I'm going to go watch it right now. Vince Russo went in. He watched it. He came fast pace walking, like walking with a mission back out of that office. And he was like, bro, bro, you, bro, this, you have to be the Pope, man. Forget Elijah Burke. You have to be the Pope, man. Uh, this, you, listen, man, and I, Pope, I already have your name, De Niro. You know why, bro? Because De Niro is money, bro. Thank you for showing me this, bro. Forget Elijah Burke, you're the Pope, man. D'Angelo De Niro, bro. And that's that's how that was born. Wow. Wow. Those are good, great impressions, by the way. I mean, I was like, wow, Cornette on point, Russo on point. I was like, man, I feel like I'm actually interviewing these guys right now for a minute. Uh, you know, but wow. Well, so if you thought that was on point, you gotta go check me out on Pope's point of view where I really get it going. <laughs> I definitely will, cause you 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 definitely like you're like me, man. You got you got a, you got those impressions like on point when you get when you get into it and you tap into them. It's a beautiful thing, man. So uh, so that explains that does explain the D'Angelo De Niro, uh, which I, I I remember when I found out, uh, cause I kept hearing a lot about the Pope and and I and I and I knew like you had evolved the character, and so when I found out you were an impact, you know, I started checking it out because. You know, I saw where a lot of guys were, like you said, you know, they, they were starting to jump ship a little bit if, uh, you know, for other opportunities. And, I, you know, I've, I've always kind of liked and respected Impact over the years. You know, I've always kind of followed them, uh, even still today, you know, like uh, with how they've re-evolved uh, with all the different repackages over the years. But like to see, you know, how you shined even more uh, in Impact Wrestling and like how you took it up a notch. And, and, and like I said, you're a character that you pretty much created. Uh, that you were going to have in WWE, as you mentioned, like to see it come to fruition and impact like that and actually like work out uh, was was so dope. And um, I mean, I was just really always a fan of, you know, of you because impact made me that much more of a fan of you, because I know with WWE, we saw we saw it, but we didn't get to fully see it come out the way uh, we would have liked it to have seen it. Because, again, when you've been in, in the ring with guys like Tommy Dreamer and RVD and CM Punk and guys that you saw, you know, take that step up. I was just like, man, well, he was working with these guys already. So to see you in Impact then working with a whole new crop, you know, the Kurt Angles, the Samoa Joes, the AJ Styles, and so many more that were like in this crop, uh, you know, to see you shine like that was was amazing. So like, did you have some like uh, favorite moments or favorite feuds that you got to experience in your time in Impact Wrestling? 
Uh, well, I think you just named it. Um, you know, obviously favorite moments, you know, Kurt Angle, you can't deny that. It's not one of my favorite moments, to be exact. Uh, or not one of my favorite matches, but favorite moments. Um, I had been out of the ring following my favorite feud with AJ Styles, and uh, I, I separated my shoulder, tore partially tore my uh, labrum, and, um, and, you know, when during that lockdown cage match when he dropped me on my shoulder. So um, I partially, I was out and um, it was going to be six months recovery time or surgery. And um, I chose to just rehabilitate it. Uh, I didn't want to get cut on. And um, lo and behold, uh, they brought me back. Wait, like, are you able, like, we got something we want to get you. Are you able to go and whatnot? It's like, bro, look, like, I mean, I guess I can. I can see if I'm good, but... Yeah, so they brought me back a little too soon, put me in the ring with Kurt, my first match. No, like, listen, no warm-up matches, no no time to test my shoulder out. I, I just came straight from home um, and back in the ring with, with Kurt Angle. So I'm um, very proud of that moment, though, I will say that, you know, because um, I just felt like I wasn't able to give Kurt uh, everything I wanted to in that matchup. I just, it could have, you know... And hindsight's twenty twenty, but if I had the opportunity to do it again, I know it would, would have been a lot, lot better. And I, I mean, I wrestled him on Impact, you know, but I just mean the fact that I was in that matchup. We had a, we had an opportunity on on the pay per view with a lot of time. So, uh, but that is a awesome, awesome moment, definitely. I just wish we could have, they could have got me back in the groove of things before they just, you know, threw me to the line, so to speak. Kurt Angle is a beast. He was always a beast. And that, that guy, I'm pretty sure to this day, if he wanted to get in there, he can tear it freaking up. <laughs> so that was good. My favorite feuds, you know, I enjoy working with AJ. He was my best feud there. Obviously, took me to the top. Supposed to, you know, everybody know the history there with me, you know, my title run that was supposed to happen that yes. day um you know i i enjoy working with Samoa joe doing doing our little just a little promo stuff to build up to our matches you know with the pig in the ring you know uh whatever they call that and you know <laughs> the, the, the fact that that was the highest rated segment on impact i take very much pride in that um you know i, I have fun working with so many people i love my little thing with devon I thought I thought that was different. I thought that was unique. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed working with the monster, the monster abyss, you know. Um, so I just I just had a lot. Of, I, and my and my my favorite, uh, if not my favorite, certainly top three was to be able to be a part of M- TNA's um, version of the Wolf Pack with Sting and Kevin Ash. And a lot of people don't know it, but um, and they made they may know it, but I, our matchup was supposed to be uh, Pope. Kevin Ash and Sting versus Jeff Jarrett, Samoa Joe, and Hollywood Hogan. Ooh. And um, ob- that was at 10 10 10, that bound for glory. And um, that, that that was supposed to be our thing, man. I was supposed to be in the ring with Hogan. And I always say, man, if that had happened, that would have been a coup de gras, if you will. That would have been everything. Oh, man. You got me excited just thinking about how that would have been dope to see, you know. And, and, and you know, it's still. You know, the fact that we got to see a lot of the feuds that we got to see you in uh, still is just something I know us fans definitely appreciate on on so many occasions, you know. And, and it's funny you mentioned uh, the title shot because that was one thing I always, always like. I know you mentioned African-American wrestlers. And I mean, uh, as an African-American man, you know, growing up and seeing, you know, of course, idolizing 
different wrestlers, you know, the African-Americans were always ones I was just like, man, I, you know, I want to see, you know, African-American champions a little more, you know, because I was like, you know, it's like the Shelton Benjamins, yourselves, you know, the MVPs and uh, the Bobby Lashleys and so many more to, to see, you know, you guys shine because I was just like, you know, Elijah Burke, a man that checks all the boxes, you know, a guy that's got the charisma, he's got the athleticism, he's got the look, I mean, you know, what, what, you know, why wouldn't you make this guy your face of the company? Why wouldn't you make him your champion? You know, like that was something I definitely wanted to see, to see you win, you know, the Impact Championship uh, or the TNA Heavyweight Championship at the time. Like, it, it just would have been so phenomenal to see that because, uh, you know, even, even you know, with seeing Bobby Lashley in his run, you know, in TNA being the dominant figure, like, it was it was cool to see. Uh, you know, and 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 to see Kofi recently uh, in WWE to to win the championship. You know, I would love to actually know how your thoughts were on uh, finding out about a moment like that and just how iconic that felt uh, to African Americans all around to see. You know, uh, not necessarily just like the first African born, as we emphasize, because we know about The Rock and everything and your Mark Henry's and Booker T's over the years. But how did that feel uh, to come across some things like that over the, when you saw a moment like that for Kofi? Well, I, I think I, uh, it's, it, it, it speaks for itself. We all watched it. Um, and, you know, I talked to him just, you know, recently at Shaz uh memorial um which we won't talk about but um certainly uh you know he's forever uh this generation's champion when it comes to black uh people and so i think i, I think that will always be that did i enjoy his run no not at all mm. not at all um i i think the biggest thing here is to understand and I talked about this before, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just circumstantial. Yes. We know it wasn't their plan. Mm -hmm. You know, and I always tell people, uh, you know, I, I never get mad about the fact that I didn't win the championship. I don't dwell on that because we no one wins, no one loses in what we do. Okay. You know, and and just we're no different than than Rocky Balboa, you know, in in the Rocky films. You know, yeah. no one really wins or, or, or loses. It's a film, and what we do is a production. However, when a company decides to put a marquee championship like that on you, it's because they're they're, they're supposed to believe in your ability to draw, to carry, you know, and and, and so that they can market you as their prime character, prime guy as the man. And so um, that's that, that didn't happen with Kofi. It didn't. Uh, say what you want. Believe it just never happened. There, there, there's no argument there. And I think the reason people don't necessarily count The Rock in that uh, equation is because The Rock does not come out and talk about him being black. Do he? When The Rock pay homage, he pays homage to what? Samoan half. There you go. It's Samoan heritage. So uh, I think that's why it was such a big deal 
for a lot of us when Kofi won the title. It was like, now there's somebody black that's a WWE champion. Yes, we did have Mark Henry as the world champion. We did have Booker T um, as the world champion as well. And obviously, we don't forget Ron Simmons being the first uh, black champion. Uh, but I, 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 I was not happy with this run. Um, circumstantial. They didn't have it in the, in, in the works. It was not planned. It came about because of Ali's injury. Uh, and then the movement started with the people because of of them feeling as fans watching Kofi for the past 10 years that, hey, this guy deserves better. This guy deserves it. And so what the hell are they going to do if the whole quote-unquote WWE universe is vocal about it. Social media is a thing these days. Social media has some weight. Yes. Social media has some power. Come on. So if if social media is going to buzz about, listen, man, social media, we've seen social media take careers down to the depths yes. of no return. And we've also seen social media skyrocket people to a certain fame that they've never had. So social media did that. Social media did that for Kofi. Yes. That's not to take away anything for Kofi. This isn't about Kofi. I'm talking about the company. That don't take away nothing. We know what Kofi is or Kofi. But social media made that happen for Kofi. Yes. And um, and we're glad that social media did make that happen. But if you want to know how WWE felt about it, how many times did Kofi main event a pay-per-view? From what I saw, that was definitely one of the disappointments uh, because with an ideal title, I didn't really see that. Not you, once. You didn't see it one time, so they never they never saw Kofi as that guy or as the main event guy. However, we gotta shut these people up. Yeah. If we go against this, there's going to be an outrage on social media. So let's just let's just you know shut them up. Thankfully, with everything that's going on today, they're pushing the hurt business, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's it's all about it's all about circumstances. Uh, you always hear right time, right place. Everything was the it was the right time, right place for Kofi. Right now, it's the right time, right place for the hurt business as well. Bobby Lashley should have been a champion, you know, ten times over since his return, yeah. you know. And I'm not just talking about U.S. I'm talking about a champion, yeah. but um, nonetheless, it is what it is. But it is. And, and you're so right. I mean, um, again, just uh, as an African-American, you know, I speak definitely truth. You're black. I'm, I'm not always... an African-American. You're black. <laughs> yes, sir. As, Let me as, tell as you why. Black. Let me tell you why, especially for the people that are listening. Yes, sir. Um, and post playoffs about to come on. So uh -oh. I'll try to be quick. Yes, sir. But, Go um, ahead. but nonetheless, I'll say this. The reason that you're black Yes. If you're in Paris right now mm -hmm. and you're walking down a street and someone decides to identify you wearing your, you know, whatever you may be wearing, they're not going to say that's an African-American. Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to be? You're going to be black. That's if right. you're in Russia and they identify you, you're black. Right. You're not a black Russian. You're black. <laughs> So you're not an African-American. That is a term, a label that was placed upon, I don't want to get into it. You're black. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And 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 I and I love 
the emphasis on that because that's definitely what we are. We are black people, and uh, I've always supported. Over the years, all my black wrestlers, um, you know, black quarterbacks, uh, which is great to see in the NFL, you know, uh, starting and doing their thing. And, and, and you know, again, uh, that's actually what I do love about wrestling today is that we are seeing more black talents in the wrestling business, both on the indie scene, uh, in the impact wrestlings, in the NWAs, the, uh, you know, the WWEs, uh, the Cedric Alexanders and the Ricochets. Uh, so so many uh, out there just doing their thing. Um, a Chris Bay, uh, and 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 I, That's I really my boy. Chris Bay, yeah, you know, yes, sir. It, it was That's great to see him win the X Division title, and I was so happy for him to have that moment. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just great. Yeah, you know, it's it's just great to see black wrestlers uh, doing their thing in their own ways, uh, making their characters who they are, being themselves. And, uh, you know, and then different styles, not just being athletic and being like, oh, we're the athletic guys that can do what we've seen Shelton Benjamin do over the years, just crazy off of the top stuff, but just being technicians, being powerhouses like a Will Hobbs uh, over there in AEW getting his shine now, you know, and seeing what he's doing. So it's it's great to see. And again, just an honor to speak with, you know, a legendary figure like yourself, Elijah Burke, because you have always just been prominent. And, and anything that you do and everything that you do, uh, again, just nailing it, whether it was in the ring, whether it was on commentary, uh, being a vocal figure like we've seen you doing in NWA Power, you know. Uh, so, again, sir, uh, just being on a show like this, I would like to thank you, black man to black man, uh, for, you know, taking the time to just join us on this episode. Uh, I hope the fans and the listeners have been able to enjoy, you know, just hearing you speak truth, you know, and, 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 and share, you know, some stories behind the curtain with us because, uh, you know, it's always a great thing to hear. And, uh, you know, normally to those who know me, I normally am, I'm a little more charismatic today, but I guess with the Sunday vibes and the football vibes, I've been a little chill minded <laughs> today. Normally I am kind of off the wall. I, I'm not going to lie. You know, this, I, I normally with your charisma, sir, I would have shown, all of the charisma right now, but I guess with a with it being so Sunday evening light, right, you know, right, I'm just right. in such a chill style today. So this is probably the listeners are like, this is the most chill we've ever heard him today. So <laughs> I would like to apologize to you guys if I'm not as animated as I normally am. But Mr. Burke, we would like to thank you so 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 much because uh, again, we could go all day, but we know that there's a lot of sports going on. Like you said, the playoffs are coming. Football actions going on so much. It's great to have all sports back, uh, given these crazy times. And it's good to see that you've been keeping yourself occupied and enjoying yourselves uh, as as we're getting back in the feel right. of uh, life, you know, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Burke, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we definitely would love to have you back on. Uh, definitely uh, shout out to the OTS family. We do we we do have a sports division where we talk some sports. We have a show called Sideline, guys. We would love to talk about your Jacksonville Jaguars and 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 what we can do with them in the future. Uh, you know, with so well, what the hell you you're trying to depress Pope or something? <laughs> Never would I try to depress the Pope. Then certainly I don't want to talk <laughs> about the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have to. Well, you know, I mean, we can talk some LeBron James. You know, in his historic. You know, he's okay. in the final. Finals again, you know, okay. we can 
we can talk a lot. You know, it doesn't have to just be your Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, we can, we can talk a lot of that stuff. You know, certainly we could talk about my my, my Lakers and Bron and uh, them, them, uh, uh, Bron capturing his fourth ring. So we can yeah. certainly reconvene afterwards and, uh, and and talk about that for sure, man. Um, it's, it's, I appreciate the fact that um, uh, time time played its part again right time right place and we were able to finally uh come together and have this conversation and and it's been it's been wonderful it's been lovely um there's a there's a lot more inside stuff that your boy shares uh on my podcast and i'll just go ahead and get all that stuff out yes now on, on post, ain't nothing shameless about this one, brother. <laughs> post point of view, <laughs> post point of view, uh, wherever your pod, podcasts are received or played, you can go download Pope's point of view, check out some of the stories that I share. I give my input, my thoughts on the product today, cover the Wednesday night wars, and so much more. Uh, so be sure to go check out Pope's point of view wherever you receive your podcasts. Uh, on your phones and wherever else you listen to it at. And also, you can follow your boy on Twitter at the Black Pope as well as Instagram at the Black Pope. That's D A Black Pope. And go over to YouTube, man. Um, my Facebook is Elijah Burke. On YouTube, I got a channel set up, man, where I got some personal stuff that I share that you don't see, you know, things that I put together that you don't see normally. It's over on Pope TV for you. That's the Number four, letter U, Pope TV for you. And um, we are here. We're live on OTS. And when your boy get the time, we'll come back to OTS and we'll do it all over again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And again, see, now, now you didn't brought out. Now you didn't brought out my charisma, Pope. You see, you didn't did it. You didn't did it. I to didn't me, even man. know. Well, Pope show ain't trying to bring out no charisma. <laughs> Pope just being know, Pope man. right now. I know, and I and I love that. You know what I'm saying? I've I've always, like I said, I'm a big fan, supporter, lover of Pope. I'm so grateful and honored and blessed to just be able to have talked to the Pope and, and to build relationship with the Pope because it's a great thing, sir. We thank you for taking that time out of your busy schedule to join us right here on the Life's a Botch podcast, baby, where it's not about what you botch, how you botch. You're going to botch in life, but you make the best out of it, man. You got to make the best out of every botch that you do. You know, sometimes I may botch an intro. I may botch a story, but I'm still having fun with it in the process. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, we thank y'all for joining us and listening. You already know, look all things on Instagram at Life's a Botch Podcast. That's Life's a Botch Podcast. You can follow us on there. And uh, we're going to post this lovely interview. Speaking of which, OTS, shout out to you guys as well www.otsguys.com is where you can check this out. I want to salute my people on Six Families Radio who have been listening to this live. And I want to submit, you know, just everybody. You Apple Podcast people, you Spotifyians out there, make sure y'all like, subscribe, follow, and all that good stuff because you never know who the Prince of Botch Dwayne is going to bring on this very show, such as the Pope. So that being said, we are getting ready to sign out. So y'all have a great night.